I'm Rachel Perkins, and you're listening to the Nordic Nation podcast from Faster Skier. In this episode, we're discussing the topic of maternal mental health. On Mother's Day, Holly Brooks and Kalisa Kaysning announced the launch of their passion project, Moms Matter Now, with the aim of supporting and empowering women as they transition into motherhood. As we'll discuss, this is a time in many women's lives where it's common to experience feelings of identity loss, isolation, resentment, body frustration, and sadness, despite also feeling excited and happy to be a new parent. Through this platform and the courses they are building, they hope to provide women with the tools to prepare for these emotional and psychological changes that they might experience surrounding pregnancy and into parenthood, and to empower women to prioritize their own well-being in order to be the mother, parent, athlete, employee, and more that she wants to be. Here are Kalisa and Holly. Thank you guys both for being here today, um, and I'm hoping as we get started that you can take a second to each just um, introduce yourselves and kind of explain the basic concept behind Moms Matter Now. Yeah, well, I guess I will jump in, and I will say because this is a faster skier audience, we'll kind of do our introductions in the const- in the context of skiing and Moms Matter Now. Um, So my name is Holly Brooks. Uh, I had the pleasure of representing the U.S. in the Vancouver and Sochi Winter Olympics. Um, I am an alumni of the U.S. ski team. I was a coach and athlete for APU Nordic Ski Center. Um, And so that's a little bit of my, my ski background. And I am a mom of twins. My, my kids just turned four. And I would say, you know, this idea hatched more than a decade ago, honestly, in my head. Um, And it was sincerely from my fear of losing my identity to motherhood. And so it's been on my mind for a long time. Um, My, my siblings are triplets and, you know, I guess I, I watched my mom go through a lot in her journey and transition to motherhood. I mean, you know, of course, I was only three when my triplet siblings were born, but I feel like I witnessed a, like her entire life um, being devoted to motherhood. And, you know, I think in a way she kind of became this like ultimate martyr and well, I am so appreciative of everything my, you know, my mom has done for myself and my siblings. It also terrified me um, because I had a lot of my own kind of goals, um, be it professional goals, athletic goals um, and, and whatnot. So that's a little bit of like where the idea for Moms Matter Now came from. And if I was just to kind of explain or explore the basic concept, it's this idea of preparing um, women for the emotional and psychological transition to motherhood, because a lot of people take classes on giving birth or breastfeeding. Um, they, you know, plan extravagant baby showers, but they don't necessarily take the time to prepare or plan for what it's going to do to, you know, your day-to-day life, um, your relationship. Um, with your partner, if you have one, um, and 
yeah, I think it's just wildly underestimated. (laughs) And so, um, you know, with Moms Matter Now, we like to talk about this concept of matrescence, which it's like adolescence, but it's the transition to motherhood. And so it just kind of talks about how um, everything changes, including, you know, your identity, your time, Um, you know, there are huge hormonal changes, right, Um, in terms of becoming a mom. And it really affects multiple domains of your life. So I don't know if that if that answers your question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I am a, a skier mom and, um, you know, a proud, proud co-founder of Moms Matter Now. Kalisa, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Kalisa Kastney and uh, I, along with Holly, am a co-founder of Moms Matter Now. I am also the executive director of SkiKu, which is a nonprofit in Alaska that brings um, volunteers and ski gear to Alaska rural villages. And we teach uh, the youth in these communities, uh, majority off the road system, how to cross country ski. And my, um, I guess, additional ski background is uh, myself. I was a skier in high school and also a collegiate racer. And I studied um, exercise physiology in both undergrad and graduate school and went on to work in uh, research for many years, both internationally in Norway and the Netherlands, and then also domestically here in the US. Um, I guess my post-research life was uh, coaching collegiately, which uh, ironically included um, coaching at Holly's alma mater, Whitman College in (laughs) Washington. (laughs) Um, And uh, I guess, yeah, my intro gets a little lengthier because of the audience of Faster Skier. Um, So these, I think, details are relevant to skiers and yeah, moms and, and, and women coaches. But um, my husband, Andrew and I were, we were living and coaching in uh, Bozeman, Montana at MSU. Um, and in 2011, we were both finalists for the University of Alaska Anchorage head Nordic job. And I was super pregnant with my firstborn at the time of the, of the phone interview. And I still remember the athletic director calling and being like, Hey, do you, you know, I'm guessing you two are connected. Do you want you know, you still both want to be in the interview process. And I was like, heck yeah, game on, here we go. Um, but then I, you know, I kind of had this realization that, you know, being super pregnant, um, I did have my fingers crossed that my husband would, would get the job because one, I had no idea what motherhood was going to be like. And, you know, as uh, the travel schedule of, of Alaskan teams is quite intense um, traveling for, you know, weeks at a time. So um I was grateful that he did get the job and at 30 weeks pregnant, we bounced along the Alcan to a new life in, in Alaska. So I, you know, it's interesting to, you know, look back and think about all, yeah, all the connections that Holly and I have. And I knew her before moving to Alaska and she was transitioning to full-time athlete and um, had approached me about taking on some of her community program coaching duties at APU. So I was super fortunate to begin working with the APU ski team when my oldest was um, just six weeks old. I was I started coaching the master's programs and the women's one day programs. And over the years, the job definitely morphed into, you know, more administrative and less coaching. The more kids I, I had, I now have uh, three daughters. Um, so I was with the APU team until 2019. When I realized I just, I really needed a break after, you know, never taking one. 
And my husband was no longer at UAA. He was now with uh, Alaska Department of Fish and Game and was heading into the field for, for four months. So um, I decided it was time for a break. And that same, same summer, I was recruited for the ski crew job and began that fall in 2019. And um, Holly addressed a lot of the, the parts of Moms Matter now. And I know we'll, we'll talk more about the specifics um, as we go here. So thanks, thanks again for having us. And Holly, as you kind of mentioned, um, here, I, I don't know as much outside of the U.S., but in the U.S., there's definitely a big side of, um, or big emphasis on kind of the physical side of pregnancy. And, and I think, um, at least in my experience, it felt like there was a lot of emphasis on like, here's what happens to your body during pregnancy. And then maybe here's a little bit about what could happen during labor or different, you know, types of birth. Um, and then you have the baby, you leave the hospital, maybe you come back in six weeks to get checked and sent on your way. And maybe there's a screening for, you know, postpartum depression. Um, but there's, there's very little in terms of like addressing, um, just mental health changes all around pregnancy, um, from sort of the the conception process. And even as you're sort of speaking to like the anxiety of like, well, you know, will I lose myself when I become a parent? Um, And so can you guys each speak to your own experiences um, just with that in terms of in that, in your own personal transition to motherhood, what did that look like? Yeah. So this is Holly and, you know, I guess I just want to rewind um, and add a little bit more to my bio because I think it um, it's relevant. And so I, I will just go back and say when I was a full-time athlete, um, I feel like I was always the person that was like, okay, you guys, what, what's your sustainability plan? <laughs> um, and so I think as skiers and athletes, you know, if you're on a team or something like that, you have your training plan, right? Via, via your coach. And I feel like I was always the one saying like, okay, but what's your sustainability plan, right? Like, why are you intrinsically motivated in, you know, for this sport or why is it important to you? So anyway, I think that that naturally kind of led me down this path of mental health and really kind of caring about the whole person Um, And I think that we have seen the athletic community, you know, via, I don't know, some crisis, right? Um, But the entire athletic community go from this like medals first approach to more of this like athlete or human centered approach first. Um, And I, I think that there's more talk about mental health. So I just wanted to say that. And the thing that's relevant that I've forgotten my bio is, you know, I am a licensed professional counselor now in Alaska, and I hold a certificate in um, perinatal mental health. And so um, I am just personally and professionally interested in, you know, kind of that sustainability plan or the version of that for moms, right? Um so I just thought that that was, that was relevant. In terms of my own experience with my mental health transitioning to motherhood, I guess I would go upstream a little bit and talk about what I went through before that transition to motherhood. And, um, you know, I've talked about this with Faster Skier before, um, but I actually went a really long time without having my period. Um, and so, um, 
you know, I, I experienced relative energy deficiency in sport and so had to go through a period of infertility treatment in order to um, become pregnant. And, you know, along the way, I had uh, two miscarriages, which resulted in DNCs and, you know, then also had a fairly, a fairly traumatic birth. Um, you know, once we were able, or once I was able to carry my babies to, um, you know, full conception. So that, that was a long road in and of itself just to get to their, their actual birthday. And then, um, you know, I had my twins, I had my daughter vaginally and I had my son via um, a couple hours later. And I still remember really vividly, they wheeled me out of the OR and one of the nurses said, I've never left the OR with only one twin. So I had one, you know, my daughter was born and my son was still inside me um, for hours. <laughs> they, they almost had different birthdays. So, you know, it was um, a fairly dramatic transition to, you know, actually becoming a mother with babies outside of my body. Um, and, and so, so that was a lot, um, you know, I had a lot of physical trauma just from the actual birth itself. And then, you know, you're challenged with, um, feeding and nourishing, you know, these, these two little creatures. And so, so that was really hard. Um, I definitely had some postpartum anxiety and um, postpartum OCD, so experienced some intrusive thoughts myself. So, um, you know, these, uh, you know, thoughts of fairly horrific things happening um, to, to my babies, which was really, really disturbing. And I didn't really know that that was a thing. It was just really scary. So, you know, I guess one of my submissions is trying to create some awareness and knowledge about what's known as PMADs, which are perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. And I always like the tagline um, that it's more than just postpartum depression. You know, a lot of people have heard about that, but people don't know you know, about um, like PTSD or OCD or anxiety um, in the context of, of birth and becoming a mother. And so the second you give birth, there is so much emphasis on the baby, but, you know, at Moms Matter Now, we like to say, you know, when a baby is born, so is a mother, right? And, you know, my personal mantra has always been taking care of yourself is taking care of your kids. And so, you know, we need a huge cultural shift, right? How do we kind of nourish and um, soothe and, you know, let women recover? And then how do we address this huge transition in identity and lifestyle and, I mean, every, everything, right? Your, your world is entirely different <laughs> and, and it's really weeks or less to figure it out <laughs> totally or you know i mean Khalees will talk about it i think she had a baby on friday and went back to work mm -hmm. on monday right you know it is it is brutal out there so you know i guess i'll i'll pass the baton to to Kalisa to add her two cents mm -hmm. yeah i definitely you know both with moms matter now um obviously makes me more reflective on my own pregnancies and preparation for motherhood. But 
definitely hit a milestone on Friday. My oldest turned 10. So all these memories and reflection definitely have been, you know, just constantly in my mind of, of my experience. And I know with my first pregnancy, I, I mean, the stack of books on my end table was so high. I read every book there was about, you know, how to prepare for a baby. And, you know, when I look back, I think about all the content in those books was, yeah, what I should eat, um, what types of exercise, what the babies need. But I mean, really, so few are focused on, you know, the emotional and mental experiences that a mom may experience, you know, when the baby is born and and also just books, you know, uh, I guess focused on the the partner. And in my case, my husband, um, you know, he didn't have any books on his end table. And just thinking about, you know, some of these topics would have been really helpful for him and, um, you know, how to handle my emotional states um, after, after baby was born. So, you know, as I mentioned, I'm now the mother of three daughters. And one thing I also think about is, you know, baby showers is another thing that is so focused on the baby I I know I had I didn't have one for my first and um I just think about you know does the moms really need more onesies and diapers you know maybe some do but uh, after when my when I was pregnant with my third daughter a friend um, did what was called a blessing way and I I just think this is what we need more of we need more of you know um courses like we're providing at moms matter now and and um events that that focus on the mom and support the mom um so that um yeah all of this is is definitely more more in the forefront of my mind these days with with this milestone birthday that just hit and you know i i personally um you know i i definitely have resentful feelings from my own postpartum experience and it's not to you know look for empathy from others because it is so common you know these these experiences and you know, I look back to, you know, no maternity leave, no town, family to help, you know, time for, for self-care, or at least the, you know, I might've had the time, but not the advocacy ability to, to be able to, you know, tell my husband when I wanted to go for a walk, I felt like I always had to ask. Um, and also I just felt like I was head down, really hard worker, never had the tools to advocate for myself, both in the home, like I mentioned, and and also in the workplace. And, you know, I've of course come to terms with this as this is, you know, being my own experience, but I just feel moving forward and the pandemic has really hit me hard and um, wanting to help mothers um, have positive change. And I just feel like these experiences don't have to be the same for others. And so that's definitely a goal of ours is, you know, to reverse this norm for expectant mothers and mothers with children is, you know, to have our moms better now online, you know, supportive community and online courses. And, and I also think, you know, into the future for my own daughters that I want them to have a different experience than, than I had. So, you know, I, um, a goal of mine, and I know Holly's right there with me on this, is that we just, we really want to shed light on, you know, how our society has treated mothers and, and we're <laughs> heads together to create, you know, have creative ways to, to bring this positive change. So um, I am so hopeful that those that do take our, our courses can focus on, you know, the many beautiful moments of this new phase of life um, by providing, you know, this educational platform for moms, but also, yeah, normalizing the not great feelings and and give them, you know, the tools and a community to talk about it. I 
also experienced some postpartum anxiety with my second daughter. And I know, you know, you, it's interesting when you've had multiple pregnancies and multiple children, how you might not have those um, thoughts or experiences with one, but then you have it with another and, and no one can really prepare you for that um, of, you know, you might have it with after this kid, but not that, but if you have the tools, then um, we feel like you'd, you'd be better prepared um, when those, you know, when those experiences do, do hit. So um, yeah, I, I'm, really passionate about helping mothers um, be able to advocate for themselves when they need help at home. And, and also if they're, they're working out of the home. And um, I also want moms to stop, stop being martyrs and, and finding ways to put themselves first. Yeah. And I think something um, that just resonates with me is just how um, a lot of these things that you guys are mentioning are, are situations where I think people tend to suffer in silence, right? Like if you're uh, whether that's infertility and just, you know, managing, trying to go through that process of, of getting pregnant or if, you know, being pregnant doesn't feel the way, you don't feel the way that you expected to when you were pregnant or when you have your, bring home your baby and those kinds of things. Um, and then, of course, these, you know, postpartum anxiety and depression and, and that whole spectrum um, of, of feelings. I, I think it's amazing that you're helping prepare people for this, because I do, I do think it's something that um, often is sort of just uh, not talked about enough, and, and people then, you, you don't know that it's normal, and so you're sort of um, just, yeah, suffering in silence, essentially. I do want to say that, you know, I think cross-country skiers and endurance athletes are prime candidates for perinatal mood anxiety disorders, right? Because if you think about some of our traits, it's often hard workers, it's perfectionists, it's people who have a high attention to detail. Um, generally people who are very used to being in control of their lives and their time and their goals. And so, you know, I think some of the things that serve us really well in our sport or in academics or our, you know, professions also can be, um, I guess really uh, can be risk factors in this space, right? And so, you know, cross-country skiers tend to have a lot of perseverance and grit and the this like more is better attitude. And <laughs> that just doesn't always work, right? When you, when you become a mom. And so um, that can really lead to feelings of inadequacy or um, there are lots of parts of motherhood that are completely out of your control. And so that can lead to this feeling of frustration or helplessness, right? Which can easily, you know, lead lead to this road of depression or, or you know, um, feeling less than and and you know, just really diving into these comparative thoughts. Yeah, Kalisa, I know that you wanted to talk about kind of um, just just finding the time to still maintain, you know, your own space for exercise or. Um, yeah, personal goals in, in that athletic space. Um, so in terms of kind of empowering women, um, you know, how do these themes, how do you see these themes applying to women in the ski world? And um, why is it important for, for women who are athletes, whether that's, you know, someone who wants to still compete as an athlete or just wants to, you know, enjoy the exercise and wellness factor of that? Um, what are some of those, those strategies and why is that important to still maintain that part of yourself? Sure. I, um, yeah, I call this like my big, my big project to, 
to uh, refocus on myself and, and my own goals. And I think, you know, having the coach background, I personally always felt like, you know, I had maintained a little fitness and, um, you know, as a mom, <laughs> enough strength to haul my heavy kids around. But, you know, that wasn't, none of that was for me. You know, that was for other people. That's coaching other people to their goals. That's getting my kids out on adventures. That wasn't, that wasn't anything for, for me to be able to set goals and, and, and achieve my own goals. And when my youngest daughter was one, um, I realized that, you know, something had to change in regards to not only finding ways to fill my own cup, but, you know, finding joy and in, in chasing my own goals. And, you know, I knew I overall had just been finding less joy in, in being a mom because, you know, like many of you, I was everything to everyone at home and work and, you know, nothing to myself. And I just, yeah, realized I needed to flip the coin and begin focusing on my own needs because, you know, as the saying goes, you cannot pour from an empty cup. So um, my cup was quite empty. And so my first project, you know, living somewhere where we don't have, you know, in-town grandparents um, was that I had to figure out like who was going to watch my daughters when I wanted to get out and, and get self-care, which um, self-care for me, where I find the most joy is, is physical activity. And, um, you know, finding other families that can do kid trades, um, trading off adventure time with my husband. And, and then in addition to, you know, finally reaching a point in our lives that, you know, hiring a babysitter. So, you know, we could get out and play together was, you know, a doable budget item. And these were, you know, three ways that exponentially changed, you know, my ability to, to focus on myself. And, but, you know, as a social person, you also just don't want to always be working out by yourself. So I guess the next part of the project was, you know, surrounding myself with positive women friends that, you know, had their own goals too. And, you know, the, the, my closest friends here in Alaska that, all enjoy physical activity very much, um, including Holly. Um, you know, our pace and goals are, you know, very different. And I'm realizing it, you know, it doesn't matter. We we find joy in finding times where, you know, an adventure at different paces works well. Um, everyone gets the workout, you know, they need. And we're really good about scheduling, you know, operate time, which, you know, that is time that you can catch up and celebrate each other and, you know, enjoy good company and and post-adventure treats, which is always a, a bonus. And, you know, I had the realization um, with <laughs> definitely some nudging from friends and Holly is uh, undoubtedly a major player in all of this, um, that, you know, if I signed up for a race, I would definitely prioritize, you know, working out that much more. And, you know, the signing up for the race took or races over the last couple of years has taken a ton of self-coaching, um, and lowering my expectations a lot. And, you know, upon reflection, I, you know, I realized that I personally hesitated signing up for these races the past few years because, you know, I feared that I couldn't perform, you know, like I did before children. And so I'm, I might as well not just, you know, not even race. And so, you know, surrounding myself with inspirational friends has allowed me to, you know, not care what other people thought about my performance and instead, you know, set my own goals 
and which were signing up for as many races that were feasible and, and then having progress goals throughout the season. And, you know, let's be real, like most, most people don't care what your results are. They just think it's so cool, like as a mom, that you're at that start line and, and chasing your own goals. So um, that, was a, that was a huge light bulb for me. And, um, you know, people are going to wonder, well, like, when do you, you know, when do you find this time to train as a working mom with three busy kids? And um, it's, yeah, undoubtedly, it's so challenging to, to find time to train. And so I got super creative these last uh, year and a half, two years with, you know, how and when I, I fit in my workouts. And so a couple ways where, you know, if my family was all going somewhere in our vehicle, I would often figure out a way that I could, you know, run or ski to meet them, um, obviously, depending on the season, or run or ski home from a destination. And that was just a way to get some good training in and, um, you know, fit in the time versus just riding in the car back home with them. And um, there are also times these last couple of years that, you know, I would park my car and run or ski home. And then um, my husband was very delighted to, to do the reverse to the opportunity to get his workout in. So um, those are a few ways. And, um, you know, I think I hear from friends that, you know, they're just too tired to work out. And I've actually felt, I've found that, you know, the reverse is true. Um, that not only am I happier, <laughs> uh, hello endorphins, <laughs> I had more energy with my kids and um, found that I'm also just more patient and present with them when I've filled my cup, you know, through physical activity. And so, you know, it turns out it, it really is a win-win for, for you and your kids. And, you know, we also think about, you know, what we're modeling, like we're modeling these good behavior choices so that they grow up with the tools to also live a healthy life. Like I don't want my kids to grow up thinking, well, my mom never did anything for herself. And so that's what, you know, I probably need to do as a mom too. And so, just, you know, changing that where they're seeing that where I prioritize my fitness and healthy lifestyle that, you know, I hope that they'll do that, that first. So, um, you know, you putting yourself first and, and finding ways to fit physical activity and your own goals in your life. Yeah. Is modeling this good, good behavior. And, um, hopefully they'll carry that with them for life. And, you know, and when we look at the research, um, you know, it, it states how participation in physical activity has, you know, a huge potential to enhance our well-being and, you know, not only for the fitness piece, but also increases our self-esteem and, and can reduce, you know, stress and anxiety. So um, it definitely plays a, a big role in, in uh, preventing the development of, you know, many mental health problems. So I guess, you know, to, to end this piece, my, my challenge to you moms or moms to be is, is to find ways to fill your cup first. And maybe for you, it's, you know, not, doesn't involve, you know, signing up for a race, but, you know, instead finding time to walk in your favorite woods without interruption or going, you know, with friends for an overnight camping trip. But, you know, either way, remember that, that you, you as a mom, you matter, and we need to intentionally normalize uh, self-care and motherhood. I just want to piggyback a tiny bit, a tiny bit on, on those thoughts. And there's a, a great quote um, that one of my favorite performance coaches, Brad Stolberg, uh, talks about. And he says, you don't have to feel good to get going. You have to get going to feel good. Nice. Right. And I just love that. And um, he also talks about mood follows action, which I think says the same thing in a different way. But those have become little mantras. And what I hear time and time again from either my own internal critic or 
or friends or, you know, even clients, right, is that they're not ready or, you know, they're, um, they're not enough or they're really self-conscious of what other people are going to think. And I think Kalisa covered this well, but I would just add that from like a training perspective, sometimes I think a race is worth like 12 workouts, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you can just like go out and put a bib on and like not care and, you know, model that for your kids. Um, I just think that there's something really beautiful about that. And then the other thing I think about as a mom is like, oh my gosh, if I'm doing a race, like all I have to do right now is run or ski, right? This is so much easier than my life as a mom. So, you know, um, a couple of years ago, I wrote this article for the local newspaper. Um, and I think I, it was called something like tour the tour. And I was talking about the tour of Anchorage and, you know, I feel like um, Anchorage and all, all kinds of places are full of people who are like, I'm not fit. I haven't, tra- I haven't trained this year. And, you know, the premise of the article was like, just tour it, right? When are you going to have like amazing grooming, snacks along the way, people cheering for you and beer at the end, right? And it was so satisfying, you know, racing that race and then having so many people come up to me at the end of the race, just being like, I wasn't going to do it. And then I read your article and I was like, okay, good point. So I just, you know, I just want to encourage people, kind of like Kalisa said, um, where, you know, we're never going to be fit enough. We're never going to be ready, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it. And you don't have to feel good to get going. You have to get going to feel good. Yeah. And, um, I'm in a, a place now where, uh, my daughter who's almost three, um, really likes finish line cookies. <laughs> she associates mm-hmm. nice. coming, to, coming to my races with uh, getting to eat the cookies at the finish line. So there's that part too, that they can, uh, yeah, it doesn't, I'm always like, oh man, what am I putting her through if I make her like wait for me at this finish line? But she's, she's psyched because she gets to eat, eat a cookie. Yeah, so. yeah she's um, happy. Yeah, exactly. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, Holly, going back to, um, just that you are a licensed professional counselor. And so you are um, also seeing women in your practice. Um, And so what are some of the themes that you're noticing in terms of when people are coming to, um, coming to see you and, and um, going through some of this stuff? Well, I would say first and foremost, all of the themes and all of kind of the presenting issues that people come to me with are exacerbated by COVID. Right. And I think that that should be no, no surprise to any of us. Um, You know, we've seen a huge uptick in pretty much every mental health um, issue out there, right, due to the social isolation and just the nature of COVID, um, you know, having so much uncertainty around it. And, you know, one of the things I think is beautiful about this transition to motherhood is being able to enlist the help of others and, you know, having other moms around to kind of normalize, um, you know, what you're going through, but also like the baby play groups, right. Or, or whatnot, um, going to the park and all hanging out and, you know, COVID has made all of that more difficult. And so, you know, I think even, um, you know, maternal mental health issues aside, there's more depression, there is more anxiety, Um, there are more eating disorders, there, um, you know, is a huge uptick in suicidal ideation. So, you know, I just want to say that. 
Um, but in terms of the maternal mental health, um, you know, kind of clientele, I am just seeing so much anxiety out, out there, um, you know, and, and for good reason. And I always say that, you know, mental health issues um, thrive in secrecy, <laughs> right? And, you know, we already addressed that a little bit, but, you know, if you are not around others um, and, you know, saying your feelings out loud, there's no one to kind of like normalize that for you. And there's no way to like check yourself, right? <laughs> and and so these um, thoughts, right? And kind of anxieties, cycles and spirals just spin out of control and become bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so, you know, I, I do have to say that, but um, you know, other things and themes that I constantly see, um, you know, people commenting on how relentless being a mother is, right? There is no break. There's no, you know, like, unless you have, you know, amazing family or someone in town, like, they're there with you, right? All the time, right? Every, every bedtime, every morning, Um you know, my daughter has gotten to a place where she wakes up before me and I'm like, please, I just want to have like five minutes with my cup of coffee before I have to like turn this, this mom thing on. So, you know, what I'm hearing from clients is just like how relentless parenting is, right? How exhausting it is. And in COVID, how hard it is to do kind of by yourself or what feels like by yourself in isolation, you know, just other themes. Um, postpartum, like, uh, body image issues, right? Like my body is entirely different. My body doesn't feel like its own or my own, right? I don't have control over, over my body. Um, this feeling of constantly being, um, touched out. Right. And so, um, you know, the other things is, uh, just this constant feeling of martyrdom, Right. And the mental, the mental load and the emotional labor, you know, and I think as a mom, right, you are the one who carries the baby you're the one who births a baby. And if you choose to breastfeed, you know, you're the one with the milk. Right. And so I think a lot of, um, you know, especially at, at infancy, when you, when you have a small baby, a lot of the quote unquote work or parenting naturally falls on the mom. And then that situation just perpetuates itself, right? And then, you know, all of a sudden the mom becomes the default parent and, you know, what happens and what, well, what happens quite a, quite a bit is then there turns, there, there turns out to be this resentment, right? Between, between the two parents, because, you know, maybe the, the birthing parent is doing the lion's share, the majority share of the quote unquote work, right? The feeding and uh, the feeding and the feeding, right? Um, right. That's, that's big. And so, you know, I, sometimes I, I call it the volcano of resentment and, you know, there are a lot of studies that show, you know, the first year or years of, um, of having a child is it tends to be, um, you know, um, some very challenging years, you know, in a partnership or, or in a marriage. And so the studies show that, um, the, um, the, la the, the satisfaction in that partnership is the lowest, right. When, when a baby comes, 
Um, and so, so that can be really challenging. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, of that resentment. Um, and then that can lead to the anxiety and the depression and, and whatnot. Um, Kalisa, you talked about this a little bit already, but um, in terms of pregnancy and preparation for motherhood, um, and whether this is sort of your your own um, experience or, or sort of how um, some of the some of the content in the courses that you're producing for Moms Matter now, uh, but do you want to speak to that part of this process a little bit? Yeah, I think I mean just thinking back to 10 years ago and in the, in the preparation that I had. I mean, I had wonderful midwives and. Um, like I said, read lots of books, but just very little in terms of, um, yeah, potential experiences I may have, you know, mentally and, and emotionally and, you know, how my partner can also help me through, through those times. So when I look at, you know, the content that's being put together for these Moms Matter Now courses, um, it is everything that I wish I would have had. And I, you know, I honestly you know, when you're pregnant with your firstborn, you just, you don't know what you're going to need. And I just feel like, yeah, if I could give my best advice to expectant mothers that, um, you know, we take birthing classes, um, why not also, you know, prepare yourself best for the you know, potential emotional and, and mental experiences that may come. Yeah. And getting into Moms Matter Now itself, um, how did you, you guys have talked a little bit about just your own connections through the ski world. Um, but how did that, you know, friendship turn into moms matter now? Well, so it's really, it's really interesting. I just want to backpedal for a moment and say, you know, originally it started off with this idea of expectant parent coaching or, you know, helping moms prepare for the emotional and psychological transition to motherhood and what we have found um, through our following, you know, our small following on social media, small but active and passionate, um, and just through discussions with people, is that Moms Matter now resonates with so many, like with most mothers, actually. Um, and and so, you know, what started off as this idea to help expectant mothers has really kind of morphed in this idea or to this idea of like helping expectant mothers, but then also mothers, um, you know, with with young children that just feel like they want some additional skills and and tools and and they want to feel a little bit more empowered in their role and and life as a mother. So I just wanted wanted to add that. But you know, in terms of the the partnership with Kalisa, you know, I talked a little bit at the beginning about how I've kind of been sitting on this on this idea for a really long time. And I had never really found a way or created the time or space to make it actionable. And so um, it was just really cool. I, I always think about how things are more fun with friends and especially if friends have kind of a complementary skill set. And, you know, Kalisa and I have been through a lot over the years, um, you know, be it our connection with skiing, but then also I feel like we have a pretty, we have pretty similar values in terms of how we raise our kids and, you know, our kids are good friends and, so it felt really natural in a lot of ways. And 
I'll pass the baton back to Kalisa because she has a sure. little story, <laughs> yeah. story, story to go with it. So. Right. Of course, <laughs> of course, ski related. Um, yeah. And I, you know, it, in some ways I think too, like it took a pandemic. Um, we, you know, we spent a lot of time together and, you know, we're each other's support this past year and a half, not only, you know, addressing our own mental health needs, but realizing, you know, we, had to figure out a way for our, our kids to be social in a, in a safe way. So, um, you know, and obviously Holly recognized how hard the pandemic was on, on mothers, you know, as a professional counselor. And, you know, I just had experiences and stories from, from my own friends, but, you know, it's <laughs> through the year and a half, I just felt like there were articles upon articles about, you know, the disproportionate load on mothers, but, I just started getting so angry that none of the articles were addressing, you know, what needed to change or how to create the change. And, you know, not only in the pandemic, but just in, in general life on, for moms. And this definitely fueled, you know, my own fire of how instead of continuing to be down about the added workload um, through this, this pandemic was to somehow figure out, you know, a way to be a part of, you know, a positive change and, so last year there was this ski race, uh, that we were both in, it was a 30 K and it was, it was super challenging conditions and course, at least for myself. Um, and you know, during the race, I, I realized like, instead of dwelling on all the negatives of how crappy I'm feeling and how slow I am going, I, you know, I went into tour mode and then I just started thinking about, you know, all the positives that had happened to me during, during the pandemic. And, you know, one of them was surrounding myself with supportive friends that, you know, had their own fitness goals and, and their support is what got me into this 30 K and gosh, I mean, maybe in 15 years, I probably hadn't raced a race that long. So, you know, I started thinking about how I wanted to create the same feeling for more moms, like a supportive community to lift other moms up and and after the race, I think it was a couple of days after the race, I sent Holly this huge brain jump of ideas of like, we need to do this and this and this for moms. And, you know, I told her I by no means wanted to insert myself in her business idea that she's had for many, many years. But, you know, with our complementary skill sets, uh, you know, a business partnership could work well. And, you know, we from the get go, we're saying, you know, our friendship comes first. And um, that's definitely a priority. But um, in May, um, uh, the week of Mother's Day, we launched, you know, Moms Matter Now. And as I think we've both um, described as an online supportive community for, for moms to be and moms already with kids. And um, our first online course um, called Expectant Moms, Empowered Moms, a live cohort course begins this week. Awesome. And as you guys get this off the ground, um, what are some of the primary objectives in terms of, um, yeah, just just getting that content or um, or building structures or what is what does that look like? Oh, we have so many so many objectives. <laughs> <laughs> where where do we start? Right. <laughs> um, you know, I think talking about and normalizing um, the different emotions that that mothers go through in this transition to motherhood is probably the biggest kind of primary objective, but I, I want to talk a little bit, um, just to kind of 
paint the picture a little bit, a little bit about the course that we that we have coming up, just to kind of give some some examples. And Kalisa talked about how the course is called Expectant Moms, Empowered Moms, and you know, so this group has. Um, some pregnant moms, but also moms of young children who want some more skills um, and tangible ways to, um, you know, kind of deal with um, the emotions affiliated with with this transition. And so, you know, the goal is to give people tangible tools. But I just wanted to to give um, a little preview and this kind of four week beta course coming up. You know, the first week. We, we talk about pulling back the curtain and, you know, we're talking about all the hard things that people don't talk about. Um, you know, we're talking about PMADS and, and, you know, giving an introduction to that, talking about how it's more than just um, postpartum depression. So in the first week, we're going to talk about mom rage. <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about intrusive thoughts. Um, you know, we're going to talk about postpartum sex and desire or lack thereof. Um, you know, and so just different things to make moms feel like they aren't so alienated in their own heads. Uh, you know, I'd say that is a huge objective. Um, the second week, we are going to talk about cognitive distortions, which is essentially, you know, I think we, we are, well, I don't think I know, we all have these stories that we tell ourselves, right? And it's that internal critic or that self-dialogue. And oftentimes the stories that we tell ourselves in our heads aren't true. And, you know, if we don't have the skills to identify that or stop it in its tracks, then it can really spiral out of control. So, you know, I would say another objective of Moms Matter Now is to learn how to, you know, identify and kind of reframe the cognitive distortions and the, the narratives that we constantly have in our heads. And, you know, I think um, as a mom, those can become really loud and um, really self-deprecating. And then the third week, you know, we're going to talk about how to share this mental load. And, um, you know, the mental load is kind of the um, the invisible work, right? The like constantly thinking, like knowing what's in the fridge, knowing um when people's birthdays are like constantly uh, thinking about the clothes that your kids are going to grow out of. Right. And so um, another objective is how to kind of share this mental load with, with your partner from a tangible perspective so that hopefully you don't um, come to this, this volcano of resentment that, that I talk about and then the fourth week, you know, uh, we're calling it Be Her Now. And it's just this idea of figuring out what your values are and your priorities as, as a mom, and then figuring out what does real self-care look like and how can you, um, I don't know, kind of format your identity and this new role and not leave everything that you care about behind. And so, you know, I guess when I talk about my fear of losing my identity, I just, I, I am so fearful of women, um, very strong women becoming mothers and going into this martyr mode. And, you know, I am a feminist, I am, you know, a mother, I'm a therapist, I'm an athlete, right? But if I think about if there was one primary objective, it's how do we empower women so they don't become the ultimate martyr? 
And can you talk a little bit about what the courses themselves um, look like? Kalisa, um, you mentioned that pilot group, um, and I think that that's a, a synchronous group, so, right? So you're all live interacting together. Um, but I, I think maybe some of the courses that you're trying to build for further out um, are going to look a little bit different. So can you can you talk a little bit about um, what that the different formats and and that type of thing? Sure. Yeah, Holly and I have had you know quite a few meetings as far as like what does this look like? What do we need to do? When are we going to launch? And finally, um, earlier in August, we realized like we just need we need to get a beta group. We need to have a small, intimate, live group where we can try out this content and, um, and also receive, you know, feedback so that we can move forward and develop, you know, our, our future course or courses, um, off of this group. So we were so thrilled, you know, we launched, um, the idea the the course and it filled up in gosh, two days. Um, so we have 20 in this beta group. So we're, we're just so grateful that, you know, you have this idea and you launch it out into the world and applications came in and it filled up. So it, you know, it feels really good. And it also just is reassuring that this is a need, um, that mothers want and, um, so, um, that is starting on Wednesday and as Holly said, that's, uh, four weeks. So four Wednesday evenings, um, it, again, as moms, it's hard to, you know, find the time and to, to choose a time for that course. We cho- chose 8 PM. We're hoping, you know, kids are in bed or if moms have partners that they could be on bedtime duty, but yeah, 8 PM on Wednesdays. Um, and in the future, um, we're hoping to have an asynchronous option where, mothers can or expectant mothers can um, take this course on their own time and then also for those that you know want that interaction that live interaction um, to be in a group there'll be synchronous options as well and we definitely haven't figured out you know exactly how often but I imagine you know three to four times a year um, these courses will be offered. Um, and people who may not be interested in participating but want to support what you guys are doing, what can they do? Sure. So, yeah, as, I mean, as many of the, I'm sure many of the listeners know that beginning a business, you know, takes a lot of time. Um, it's been, you know, a side passion project for us that, you know, Holly just mentioned this morning. At midnight last night, she's working on it. And 6 a.m. this morning, she's working on it. So finding these little bits of time that we can focus on, on this passion project. And, and it also takes, you know, a lot of money. And so we, you know, we're both full-time working moms with, with small kids and, and trying to create moms matter now uh, is, is a lot. So it's a passion project for both of us. And we're finding the extra energy that, you know, we need to, to create this project and to do it well. And so we are, we're very grateful for those that support our project financially so that, you know, we can continue to expand on, on our offerings to expectant mothers and mothers already with children. And, you know, there's a lot of startup costs, just, you know, to name a few is, you know, the video equipment we need to film the course, the, the website designer, um, the course platform to, you know, to carry the course to, um, and, and then, you know, we, we want to do this everything professionally. So we want to, we want to do it well. So this all comes with, with a lot of costs. And like I said, we have, we have big ambitions for this project and, and financial support allows us um, to launch it. And, um, you know, in addition, we, 
we are both extremely passionate about being able to offer our courses to all moms. We don't want it to be a financial barrier. And um, so, you know, those that do support Moms Matter Now financially um, allows us to offer scholarships to to low income and, and BIPOC mothers. Um, so if anyone wants to find out more information on our webpage on how to be a founding booster, um, our webpage is momsmatternow.com. Anything else yeah. on Moms Matter Now that I didn't um, didn't ask about? I mean, I would just say, you know, Kalisa shared um, some of the ways that people can support us financially, and that would be that would be huge. You know, I think in a way we're both kind of um, we've both invested a lot of time, energy, you know, our own money in in this, but um, you know, we we need like more of something, right. To, to kind of like make the next jump. And the thing that I'm most excited about with this is that it's hundred percent scalable. Right. And so I love my work as a therapist, but I am seeing one person one hour at a time. And I think one thing that we're both really passionate about is making big change for a lot of people. <laughs> and so we're, we always intend to have that synchronous and asynchronous um, model, but we're just really excited about how many people um, could be positively affected by this. And so, you know, financial donations are huge, but then also just kind of following us on social media, you know, our handles on Instagram and Facebook are Moms Matter Now. Um, and so, you know, following us, sharing our content, um, you know, getting other people who, um, you know, our message and mission may resonate with, like sharing this with them, that would be hugely, hugely helpful. Um, and it's just, it's so nice to get kind of the letters and, and comments of, of support with people who, um, you know, share, share the same passion. And so we just really appreciate, you know, anything and, and everything, including this ability, Rachel, to come on to Faster Skier, right, and share, you know, this passion project with the greater ski community, which, um, you know, Kalisa and I have been a part of our entire lives. Do you have any, any parting messages as we uh, wrap this up to, to soon-to-be moms or new moms? <laughs> You want to go first, Kalisa? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Holly just mentioned. Um, I'm I, I'm hopeful that those listeners um, will follow us on social media, both at on Instagram and Facebook at Moms Matter Now, and that our content resonates with with most of you. And we hope that many of you find the course we are offering to be, you know, something of interest. And I know, like I mentioned earlier, it is everything I wish I would have had as a pregnant new mother and, and being able to understand the, you know, psychological and emotional changes I was going through and, you know, hearing and learning that those are all normal and that I could have talked about them and, you know, didn't have to keep them internal. And, um, I guess I'd like to encourage mothers to find a friend or two in your community that, that can support you, that you can do kid trades with, that you can be honest with, you know, you can socialize with that, you know, just accepts you for you. And I know I personally feel, you know, so much more at ease in my thoughts and actions and, 
you know, not being tricked into thinking I am not enough because, you know, the Instagram moms are doing so much more than me and have, you know, all, all while that doing all that stuff, they have, you know, perfect hair and makeup and outfits on each day. So, um, I just feel like, yeah, if you can find someone that you can be authentic and, and real with, um, just, yeah, brings a lot of joy to your life and peace. And I know our goal at it definitely at mom's Manor now is, is to always be authentic and real. Yeah. So, you know, I would add, um, you know, Kalisa's talking about like finding, finding the groups and, and the friends. And one thing I talk about in my practice all the time is the fact that emotions and ambition are contagious. Right. And so, you know, find, um, find an exercise buddy, find an accountability buddy. Right. Um, so, so I think that that's really hopeful, um, in terms of parting messages and, some of them are, are cliche a little bit, but I do want to say them. Um, and this is something we talk about in our content and in our courses is this idea of um, don't not being afraid to ask for help. That's, that's huge. Um, honoring the birth um, of a mother. And so just to go back, you know, when a baby is born, so is a mother. And if we can look at life and motherhood through that lens, I think it can be extremely helpful. So if you have a partner, engage and empower them early. You know, one thing that I want to talk about quite a bit more and, and people can, can learn more about this in our content, but it's this concept of maternal gatekeeping. And, you know, when women um, tend to maybe take over, then they kind of disempower their partners, right? And then that can um, lead to all kinds of issues, including you know, maybe feeling like you can't go out and um, participate in, in that ski race because you have to do all the things, right? So I just think about the fact that, you know, some of this intentional work, either before you become a mom or, you know, it's never too late, right, when, when you're a new mom, but some intentional work um, and guidance early on can go a long way just in your happiness and satisfaction um, you know, being, being a mother. And so, you know, Moms Matter Now would really love to be the vehicle to help people with this. And I think that we're uniquely poised, especially to help out this, you know, the community of athlete moms, um, being athletes ourselves. And so, you know, we're just, we're so thankful for this opportunity. And I think I said it earlier, but, you know, my personal mantra is taking care of yourself is taking care of your kids. And so if, if there's one thing to say to new moms, that's that's what it would, would be. Taking care of yourself is taking care of your kids. To follow Moms Matter Now, you can subscribe to email updates via their website, momsmatternow.com, or follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Moms Matter Now. You can also support Moms Matter Now by making a donation and becoming a startup booster via their website or at the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening.